0: The Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Conversations that help change the way you lead. Many church leaders will face a time in their life when they have to check their vision and work out what to do next. It may be that their ministry has changed because of a change in the church, perhaps extreme growth or sharp decline, it may be that things have changed in the neighbourhood that the church is trying to reach. It may just be that the leader senses that God is encouraging them to take stock and look for a vision for the next stage of the journey. Well, I'm joined this week by Phil Stokes. Phil is the team leader at The Well, a church that he and his wife Judy planted in 1987. He's the chair of Southwark for Jesus, a frontier leader of 3DM and part of the national leadership of Pioneer. He reached a time when he felt the need to seek a fresh sense of where God was taking him and the local church he served. So welcome, Phil, to the Leadership File. Hi, Andy, good to be here. Good good to have you along. Um, I mean, when you were at school, could you have imagined becoming a Christian leader? That's the first question.
1: <laughs> Not quite at school, uh, Andy, no. I think my experience of, of God was definitely sort of a gradual haunting, if you like, from my childhood onwards, um, but it it, it took. I think until my early teens late, well late teens really until I actually made a commitment to Christ mm. but uh I, it was through a strange combination of Narnia Graham Kendrick uh the mother of my girlfriend at the time and uh, a charismatic anglican minister called Trevor Deering some people may may have heard of but uh, it was one of his meetings where I committed to Christ but I do remember it being the, 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 in each of those things, it was almost like following the clues. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah.
0: so, so you can you can see the chain yeah. of events very clearly. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. It was an exciting. When you look back, don't you, you see how God has guided you, mm. even from your childhood? Mm. And I think for me, uh, the, the, that sense of otherness. You know, certainly when when Graham Kendrick came and sang at our assembly and I I just suddenly appreciated something and and it kind of, the songs evoked something from the Narnia stories and everything, sort of one thing led to Mm. another and I think when I found myself in a place where I was being presented with an opportunity Mm. to respond, uh, I was fairly quick to to respond. It was an emotional response, Mm. it just sprang up. I, I was very... I was in a meeting with my girlfriend at the time, and th- and I burst into tears when this guy just called God's presence to come, mm. and uh, I was very embarrassed because I'd been conned along by my mother's girlfriend just to tape record the meeting, and uh, my girlfriend's mother, and she'd said, "Could you tape the record the meeting? I've got this new thing called a tape recorder, and I'd like to record it." That's how long it was ago. <laughs> no, oh, I, no iPods back then. Yeah and uh, yeah it was a very very powerful moment, and uh, that began a journey really that 's led me i guess to where I am today
0: sure i mean did had you you were late teens you are presumably starting to think about work or study or whatever
1: yeah i was um, I, I was working with my father i 'd failed at school i think my my family went through a meltdown, and so i'd got about three o levels at school you know I'd, it, it just happened at all the wrong time. Mm for my educational studies, and uh, so I ended up working in my father's business, um, cleaning vacuum cleaners, you know, it was a domestic appliance business, and I ended up in the back back workshop, in sanding down these things, wondering what on earth I was going to do with my life. Mm. I was passionate about music, I wanted to be a rock star, I think everybody mm. does at 18, don't they? So, um, but when I became a Christian, what happened is that I was in a meeting with... Um, Uh, Clive Calver and uh, and Graham used to lead these midweek meetings in Wolverhampton at the time. So uh, uh, I I was in in one of these meetings and a chap came up to me and said, I hear you play the lead guitar. Do you want to join our... We're forming a Christian band called Rock Salt. And uh, it was a thrill to be able to join this band that was playing to to Mm -hmm. schools and, and clubs and places. An evangelist would speak afterwards. And uh, quite a number of people would become Christians. It was a great time during those those early years in the mm. se- late seventies, early eighties. Yeah,
0: and at some point you came down to to London to the Well.
1: Yeah, or? well, we came down um, to North London to work in a. It, it, you know, I I was kind of hanging around with with these these evangelists a lot of the time, and uh, what happened was a friend of mine heard about a job in a in a church in North London, <coughs> and so. We went to an interview. We really didn't, didn't think we were going to do that. We thought, no, we'll, we'll become evangelists. We'll join YFC uh, and, and do the YFC things. But we ended up becoming youth workers in this church in North London. And it was, uh, it was a real training ground. It was three years of learning the ropes, really, of what it, it looks like to do, uh, to do ministry, to do outreach, but also to look after people. And uh, so the first year was a complete nightmare. We closed down all the youth groups. And, uh, and then we started something which just seemed to have the right DNA, the right mix of team life, training, uh, a little bit of you know life on life with people. And uh, it just grew. There's loads of worship. And uh, we end up with 100 kids crammed into a little uh, work shed at the back of the church. And it was, it was a real learning time of looking and seeing, okay, worship, celebration, a little bit of teaching and, and loads of of, of discipleship. With these youngsters, that's that was the the formula that we begin to to hit on, and God was really blessing it. It was like a mini revival.
0: Yeah, wonderful.
1: Yeah. And
0: you met Julie at some point, obviously.
1: Well, that was before that. Yeah, mm. back in Wolverhampton days. We, okay. I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a child bridegroom, um, as I tease my wife. She's she met, we met at nineteen. I was married at twenty. So oh well, wow. she's a little older than me. And uh, what we uh, so we've yeah we've we've been in the journey quite a long way, and uh, it's been a great time.
0: So, how would you describe the the church that you you are part of
1: now? The Well, um, the Well is a uh, a network of, of of communities. It's a network family church. So, I think at the heart of it is we've always been family, and it, it's there's a strong sense of it's family first. And so, uh, the DNA I think of new churches has often been that way. I think there's a strong relational. Uh, theme that, that flows through a lot of the, of the new churches and in, in that respect we were no different. So a strong family flavour, uh, June, June and I were mum and dad. In fact we are the oldest you know, our kids were very little when we planted the church and uh, they grew up with the church so uh, my old, oldest one is 30 now um, so they have seen the whole thing right the way through from its early years and I think that the lessons of being family growing through the seasons have really been the whole joy of of being part of a a church that lives as a family
0: hmm. and and the, the derivation of the name obviously it's evocative of yeah of a place for for it's, thirst to be quenched
1: well we we we're, we're based in Camberwell Okay. Um, and uh, we're on Wells Way.
0: Okay. Oh, there we are.
1: Um, When we came to the area, we did research. We kind of did a, a little bit of prayer walking and all the things that you do when you're starting to find out what's in the area. And uh, the research just led us to that wonderful scripture uh, 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 where it says that, uh, that Jacob uncapped the wells that his father had dug and that the Philistines had filled in. And so we found that that is just rich with all these kind of blocked wells, okay, mm. and history. You know, the the Salvation Army training colleges in Camberwell. uh the the, the 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 Jeffrey brothers did major missions on Camwell Green. Loads of history. Once we started digging, and we just decided that we needed to to uh, that God was saying this is a place where you can, if you dig in you'll see some real renewal of those visions and those things that people have sown in the past. Mm. We wanted to be connected into the past. So Digging Wells, we started off with a few students uh, for three months called Well Diggers, and uh, and that became the foundation of a small group that mm. grew from there. Yeah.
0: And, and church planting in those days, I guess, was a little bit of, it, potentially, for, for, for evangelists, etc., maybe door-to-door, maybe open air, maybe community action what, what were the kind of things you were well yeah involved all, in?
1: all of those things really i mean you know we we do the 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 praying the, the prayer walking uh things that that's talked about a lot more now which is discovering people of peace what does it mean to find somebody who will open up the community for you so if you can find that person half your job is done um, rather than you thinking you've got to win every individual, that mm. you find those people to invest in, mm. to to really spend the time investing in them, and they become the the doorway through which you can mm. reach the community that you are seeking to to be a blessing to, and uh, and that simple strategy was around then. It was combined with open airs and 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 uh, uh, other things which are not quite in vogue at the moment, but um, I think a combination of of, of just just one to one. Prayer research uh, and and some certain events, public events in which you could gather people and just tons of food, to be honest. Andy you just ate, <laughs> I can remember ate, eating every every five times a, a week, probably something special going on in terms of food. So, um, did put a lot of weight on actually. If it wasn't the, for the fact <laughs> that we were working so hard, I think I'd have been very big.
0: There are no are Christians by our quiche, as, <laughs> kind of, as someone said, you know. Um, so. Uh, and so you you what were you learning particularly along the way um about about running a church and
1: well i've i think for for myself i've inter- it's an interesting journey isn't it i mean i think f- when i hung out with evangelists i always thought i was an evangelist mm-hmm. and um, when you plant a church you have to learn to look after people mm-hmm. <laughs> so i um i i actually was began to be known as the pastor um and uh I had a, I had hair in those days. Mm. Believe it or not, a very shiny pate nowadays. But I had a ponytail, so people used to say, oh, used to call me the pastor of the ponytail, because mm. I was the alter ego of Noel Richards. But you know, he was. I'm not sure which one was the better looking of us two, but we we were off. We were mistaken. I, at least I was mistaken for him. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he was never mistaken for me. Right. But it was, you know, I think through the process of learning to be a pastor, then you you. Uh, you begin to 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 learn other skills. You, I had uh, a season when I was traveling with with a, a, a prophetic mentor, Ken McGreevy, some people will know of, and uh, he taught me how to bring a prophetic word in season. So for a while, I was beginning to think, oh, maybe I'm a prophet. You know, there's, uh, so you, you go through these various different s- scenes and seasons of ministry, and um, and then I began to think. But, you know if you're hanging around the likes of Roger Forster you 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 grow in a love of the word and the bible and we were we were we were learning how to be teachers as well so i think in all of these areas you begin to experiment don't you in terms of who you are what you are and uh, and that's led me to the season I'm in which is to think really more in terms of what does it look like to be a builder mm. uh, at a broader level uh, and that's the season that i'm in at the moment so yeah. What am I learning, I guess? Just still learning all the time, you know the, the thrills of, and the spills of what it looks like to be in all sorts of different uh, aspects of ministry. You're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Phil Stokes. Phil is the team
0: leader at The Well, uh, a church in Camberwell. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership File with me Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Phil Stokes. Phil is the team leader at The Well, a church that he and his wife uh, Judy planted in 1987 based in Camberwell. Uh, We're talking particularly this uh, uh, week about the whole process of kind of adjusting your vision or getting a new vision for the next stage of the journey. Before the break we were looking a little uh, at Phil's story of of how he came eventually to The Well and some of the things he was learning. So you reached a time Phil when you you needed a fresh sense of vision. So, how did you feel God leading you at that time?
1: I um, hit the uh, usual midlife crisis, Andy. You know, <laughs> I hit fifty, and you have a moment when you when you get fifty. I don't. I'm sure you know nothing about this. You're far too young to know this. You? <laughs> but um, you're looking at the next ten, twenty years, and you're thinking, "Is this what I'm supposed to do?" the big review that goes on. And I had this conversation. I remember having one of these conversations with God, and if you have, the, you've had these, or know what I'm talking about. But I was saying to God, "Look, God, what is it that you want me to be doing for the next twenty years, ten years, twenty years, however long I've got?" And uh, He said, "Well, what did you come here to do?" I said, "Well, I came here to plant churches." And He said very clearly, "Get on with it, then." And which threw me into complete dilemma because right. I think. Um, church planting was went through quite a surge through the late 80s they and 90s yeah. early 90s but it it's uh, it lost its momentum through various for various reasons and i think uh, certainly the new churches went through a bit of a meltdown dilemma re- identity process what is going on what are we called to do at this stage and uh, i think that was paralleling my journey or i was paralleling the, the broader journey mm. and i i guess in that process, I began to ask God, okay, well, what does church planting look like for this generation? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for 21st century, post-post-modern Christians in Western Europe? And uh, and I think there were three or four words that began to come to me. Uh, the, the, one of the key phrases that came to me was multipliable and sustainable. And, and, uh, and that became a kind of watchword of how was I beginning... To look at how I did church, how was it going to be multiplied, and how was it going to be sustainable? And I think in that, that those questions led us on a journey, and we began to uh, look at what it looks like to 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 have a fully rounded approach to discipleship, to help people to become missional in their lives, become intentional uh, disciples, not just discipling people into uh, into good giving and regular attendance, but actually teaching people to be present in all their places where they are every day. And I guess good discipleship has is, is become my passion. It really has. It's become the thing which, uh, I, I give me a soapbox, I'm, I'm on it. But it, it basically is that looking at how do you create fully 360 degree followers of Jesus, people who who are looking at all the different angles in relation to what it is to follow him. And uh, that journey led us to a, a relationship with 3DM, Uh, we discovered that they'd been planting missional communities for 15 years and been doing a very good job of it up in in Sheffield. Mm -hmm. And um, so we linked a little with them. Uh, It it also led me to connect with Pioneer uh, because they were just regrouping and and being very focused on what it looks like to to be missional again. And I guess those two relationships uh, and and the way in which God was leading us has has taken us on a very exciting journey the last few years. So we've, from being a little family church of around hundred, we've doubled in size uh, in the last few years, and we've begun to experiment with very different ways of structuring our meetings and uh, and doing things in a in a way that's a little bit more flexible, creative.
0: Mm. Excellent, excellent. And um, I'm just wondering whether you know church planting is is hard work, and um, you know you talked about that conversation with God. Was there a sense in which you thinking actually, I need to move on to something else, and that's kind of what you are expecting God to say, or or was that not the
1: case? Yeah, I mean, I, I contemplated all sorts of options. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, mm. I think you do. You look at you mm. say, "Wouldn't life be easier if?" <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I think you are what you are, and I think it, it, the history oh. and the DNA of, of, of being passionate about a vision mm. to, for seeing a church that is, is 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 rising up and becoming fruitful in in the basic commands that jesus mm. gave to us yeah. go and make disciples yeah. and uh and for me uh if i wasn't being paid to do this i'd do it anyway that's the mm. thing it's not it's it, you can't you can take the i can't think of a, a parallel at the moment you mm. can you can take the evangelist out of, of the church you can't take the church ch- i don't know what it is it's yeah, the wrong I, phrase I know you, you mean, know what i'm you're getting at yeah. there you're basically but, uh, part of basically your dna it's my yeah. dna yeah. i'm mm. i'm a builder at heart and wanting to see people mm. grow mm. and i think innovation and uh, and flexibility and relational uh, theology are all the things that I'm very uh, very passionate about, just seeing mm, yeah. how we can be creative. We've got a very creative bunch in Cabwell, so we've never been too afraid to reinvent ourselves.
0: Okay. You, you mentioned 3DM, which may be unfamiliar to, to some listeners. Um, how has their appro- you know, approach helped you without going into all the ins and outs? I realise it's quite a potentially complex question to ask, but... Mm. Um, what, what what particularly have they have they done that's been a, been a blessing?
1: I think three D M are brilliant at helping people find a language and a framework for the vision that God's given them. I think that they they give hooks and tools for people who are being intentional about this journey of mission and discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so, what they have developed, I think, are tools to help leaders become effective leaders, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, it, it's. It's so often we think if we've got a vision that that's enough. You know, visionaries tend to think their vision is that's it. Yeah. But it, it, it's not. And, and it's just the start of the journey. And for me, I think realizing that to build wisely takes language, it takes a framework, it uh, it, we, it needs tools. And they've developed, I think, excellent tools. 3DM have, have developed tools that can complement the journey of growing disciples. In all sorts of contexts, so it's it's really not a a one size fits all model. It's a it's a tool, of biblical principles that help people to get to grips with uh, the journey of missional discipleship, producing leaders that will produce leaders.
0: I've heard it said that the word discipleship can be a bit of a problem to people these days. I don't know if you found that in your church.
1: Yeah, well, I think it all comes with a reaction to the L word, isn't it? Leadership and discipleship, or you know, I mean, we, we basically, one of the phrases we say to people is that we're, we believe in low control but high accountability. Mm. Um, that we, we, nobody's going to tell anybody what you should be doing, but actually we are going to ask you what God's saying and what are you doing about it. Mm. Um, and that's kind of one of the core little questions that we use for our discipleship. Mm. What is God saying to you? What is God really saying to you? Mm. And looking people in the eye and getting and to help people tease it out. Because sometimes it's very it's quite hard for people to know what that God's saying, but it, once you start and give people a few little uh tools to say okay in in your work life in your home life you know is is there something might God might be saying to you about your work your rest your and once people start to identify the the rhythms of life that God is interested in those, then I think God begins to to begin a, a process of transformation, and I've seen it happen mm. over the last few years with some with a good number of our core folk, and it's been a tremendous journey.
0: Now, I was going to ask you about the kind of generic lessons for those listening from what you picked up in mm. terms of you know that period of because there'll be people listening who are exactly where you are, saying, "God, what have you got next?" I'm I'm in a bit of a bit of a crossroads.
1: Mm. I think get out there and connect with people who are, who who are doing the same journey. Um, that's what really helped me. I was mm. very much. We'd been in London. We'd we we kind of London can just suck you in and, and swallow everything. <laughs> and it, it, if you're not careful, you you do think it's the center of the universe. Sorry, folks, um, but it's not. Mm. It is. Uh, it is a great place to be. So and we have I'd listeners love throughout it. the country, so don't Absolutely. worry. Us. <laughs> so, um, but it's wonderful. It's amazing what God is doing around mm. the country. And I think if we just take the time to lift mm. up our heads and connect with a few people on a national level. Mm. Uh, there are loads of wonderful things that are going on and resources that are available to us. And I think just never be afraid to be a learner again. Mm -hmm. I think what's happened is, is for me, in the last uh, few years, I've realized that being a disciple has taken me right back to the the, the foundations. Mm -hmm. Not just learning how to make disciples, but being a disciple is a constant challenge for us in our lives. If we are really going to be those that make good disciples, we've got to be. Take out yes, your cross daily and follow uh, Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's been, a, for me, I think it's been an adventure. We've just come back and uh, just being part of the, the little learning community with 3DM, we had a great time learning about uh, uh, all sorts of things. But just hearing God and deciding what are we going to do in response to that. Uh, they did a little dragon's den at the end of it and said if someone's got a good little scheme they, they want to present, uh, then uh, we've got a thousand pounds to give you, so we put in a crazy scheme for for a bonfire party, <laughs> and we won it. So no. we're going to be spending a lot of money on fireworks this coming month. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's kind of a prophetic prayer um, yeah. that God would release power and grace into our community, and so I think they they liked our pitch, and so we're very excited about that one.
0: Wonderful. Excellent. Well, uh, Phil, sadly time has is, is pretty well defeated us. We've um, been fantastic to chat with you. Thank you for sharing something of your journey. And um, there'll be folk who are listening who are, who are perhaps already starting those conversations with God mm. about what's, what has he got on their mind.
1: We are hosting conversations on what it looks like to be missional. Um, so if anyone wants to connect with that, do okay. let us know.
0: Good. Uh, how would they do that? What would be there?
1: Email me, uh, Phil Jules P-H-I-L... J U L E S at aol dot com, and I'll put you on the mailing list. Wonderful. Oh there yeah, we
0: well, there's an offer I wasn't expecting. Fantastic. Thank you. So, Phil Jules, P H I L J O U L E S,
1: J U L E S.
0: Sorry, J U L E S. Okay. At aol com. Wonderful. Well, uh, it's been great to have uh, your company, Phil. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Andy. Thank you for tuning in this Sunday. Uh, do join us next Sunday at three thirty? Of course, you can go to. Premier's website and uh, go and listen to archived versions of a leadership file and go to iTunes too if you want to go further back than the last month and uh, it would be great to uh, have your uh, interest and input And free on previous um, shows. People have been uh, my guests who have uh, been suggested by listeners just like you so um, you can email me apec at cwr.org.uk So I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30